You're listening to The Blizzard of Osborne by Michael Sheen Cuddy. Chapter 13 Vagabonds. The train was speeding so fast, Cassie saw nothing but a blur through the crack in the door. Apart from the bright sunbeam, the rest of the boxcar was dark, but she could see Sly, coiled in a mound, sleeping soundly. And she wished she had a camera for this sight. Jet, also sound asleep, curled up on top of Sly. In a corner where she could barely see him, but easily heard him, me, myself, and I snored like a lumberjack. Now that Cassie was up and about, Jet woke up too. She yawned a big sleepy yawn and stretched. Hey, easy on the skin, cat. I ain't no scratching post. Sorry, Sly. Jeff forgets about her claws. Yeah, well, cats ain't the brightest creatures, are they? Hey, be nice. What's going on here? Where are we? (laughs) You tell us, Casey Jones. You're the one who said this train would take us to the pinnacle of a spire. I said the likelihood is high. I didn't make any promises. Well, being on this train is better than where we were. But I do wonder where we are now. Cassie went over to the door to open it wider. It was heavy and barely budged, so she leaned into it and pushed hard. Uh, The door slid uh, open, letting in a great gust of wind. Good grief! Are you trying to get us killed? Shut that bloody door! Hey, relax, egghead. A little fresh air ain't gonna kill you. No, but a wind-tossed cinder could crack my shell. Then where would I be? (laughs) Probably all over the floor, yoke and all. Yes, exactly. Then the rest of us could enjoy a nice omelet, and we wouldn't have to hear your whining anymore. Sly, me, myself, and I, will you two please stop bickering? We have to figure out what to do now. First, help me with this door. Sly and me, myself, and I grumbled, but came over and did their best to push the door back so it wasn't wide open. Sly poked his head out the crack in the door and looked around. Huh, desert? Go figure. Me, myself, and I didn't want to get too close to the door, so he hunkered behind Cassie, checking his swiper. The Adelson Desert? How extraordinary. Does that mean we're getting closer to the pinnacle of the spire? Mm, not necessarily. Sly, what did you see when you poked your head out the door? A whole lot of nothing. Oh, uh, and a sign on the door, which I couldn't read because it's written in gibberish. Hmm, we need to know what that sign says. Why? It could be important information. Hey, does your swiper take pictures? Yes, of course. Give me your swiper. I'll lean outside and take a picture. Then maybe you can tell us what the sign says. Well, just don't drop my swiper, whatever you do. All the tree climbing Cassie had done in the past prepared her well for this challenge. She held tightly onto the door latch with her left hand, leaned far out, and with her right hand, steadied the swiper over the sign and snapped a picture. Then she swung back into the boxcar and handed the swiper to me, myself, and I, who looked at the image and frowned. Hmm, it's corporese. Not my strongest language. But can you read it? I can get the gist of it. Uh, It's a warning. A warning about what? 
It says, <clears throat> authorized personnel only permitted on board Empire Rail Services. Any unauthorized persons apprehended on ERS property or equipment shall be arrested and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Vagrants, vagabonds, indigents, and trespassers shall be tried under suspicion of industrial espionage, punishable by fines and or prison sentences up to and including erasure, discorporation, prolonged torture, and uh, death by agony. I don't like the sound of that. Me neither. Myself and I was trying to estimate how far they had traveled. He guessed that the train was moving around 150 V per hera, and that 14 heras or so had passed since they climbed on board. That meant they were well into the Adelson Desert, fast approaching the Coax Mountains, which separated the desert basin from the fertile valleys of the coastal plain. 14 heras was a long time for a train to travel. Soon, it would have to refuel. The train rolled on and on. And even though they'd slept through most of the night, the hypnotic sounds of the train lulled them, and they all grew heavy-headed and nodded off. hissing air brakes and squealing wheels startled them awake. It was too dark to see anything inside the boxcar. Where the devil are we? Through the gap in the boxcar door, Cassie saw stars twinkling in the black sky above. She swept Jet up in her arm and scooted out the door. Once on the ground, she set Jet down, then reached up and took hold of Sly. Come on, Sly. I'll give you a hand. Me, myself, and I. Come on. It's your turn. Climb down. Quickly. Me, myself, and I peered out the boxcar door, trying to guess the height, doubting that Cassie would be strong enough to carry his weight, and certain 
that Sly wouldn't even try. I don't think this will work. Psst. Cassie, someone's coming. Cassie glanced under the gap below the train and saw the legs of several men approaching. Cassie! Sly was nodding his head at a stepladder leaning against a metal shed. Cassie ran over, grabbed the stepladder, then ran back to the train. She leaned the ladder against the boxcar. Me, myself, and I! You have two seconds to get down this ladder! To everyone's surprise, especially himself, me, myself, and I climbed down the stepladder and made it to the ground without breaking his shell. Hey! Who's there? Identify yourselves or we'll shoot! Next, Cassie, Jet, Sly, and me, myself, and I meet another strange creature who promises them he can help. 